First of all, we're talking with Mr. John R. Platt. Hello, John. Hi, Billy. <laughs> and we're we're going to uh, give a little bit of a uh, inter introduction here. Welcome to Earth Riot Radio, and we're honored to to be with a person who's a, a, a part of the Center for Biological Diversity and editor of the Revelator. The um, what's the phrase that CBD uses? Uh, it's a function of CBD. That's the wrong phrase. It's a project, <laughs> it's an initi project initiative. We're, we're initiative. Using yeah, we're a news and ideas site about conservation and climate change and all kinds of related environmental issues. Just trying to get the word out to people who care, who can do something with the information we're publishing. And you, you've been described as as a um, environmental journalist covering endangered species. Yes, I started this about 15 years ago. I started a, a, just a blog called Extinction Countdown that became my Define the, the defining element of my career. So I've covered hundreds and hundreds of endangered species around the world, and uh, and written about more than a few extinctions over the years. I think in your in your final moments on this earth, John, <laughs> you'll be in a Greek amphitheater on your deathbed, and all the you know all the seats in the semicircle in the hill up there looking down at you will be all the species that you talked about over the years. Wow. We'll come back and welcome you. Wag their tails. <laughs> into the netherworld. Well, the uh, of course, that's where the Church of Stop Shopping started aligning with you. I believe that Peter Galvin and, and uh, what's your executive director's name? Again? Karan Suckling. See, I know. I said that because I remembered it in, in print, but I didn't trust myself <laughs> to say it. <laughs> exactly. Um, they came to New York. They had a fundraiser gathering and we had a dinner with them. And we have a feeling about um, CBD that is quite different than the feeling that we have for any other quote unquote NGO. Sure. I think a lot of people share that feeling. You seem to be something like 75 scientists and 75 <laughs> litigators. <laughs> and two journalists. That's about that's, right. <laughs> that's you and who? Me and Tara Lohan, who's our deputy editor. Uh, she does great work covering a lot of water-related issues and wildlife and everything else. So she's so, yeah. semi-aquatic? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, the center is great. They 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 they're it's all science based and legal based, and they do fantastic work. And they they put themselves out there. They they don't let anything get in their way, and they they're they're a force for good in the world. And they decided to put their put their money where their mouth is too to help fund environmental journalism since they saw it struggling uh, several years ago. And uh, we've we've done a lot of good over the years together. And the fate of the world is turning towards your basic title, your basic job description, which is unfortunate, but we're glad you're there. Let me uh, turn to kind of what has occasioned this conversation, which is the Ukraine. Uh, we found ourselves taking your material into this podcast. And um, as I mentioned to you, we took, we robbed the research before we realized it was you <laughs> or I did, I did late at night. I started writing down 
I saw this saw this article and I started writing down all the names of the the bush crickets and the and the falcons and the the hover wasps and 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 the about 20 of them I think right yeah the yeah endangered species in the Ukraine and then there was John Platt's name at the bottom of the uh, so the Ukraine has been called many things and and it's I, I saw a phrase the breadbasket of Africa I saw yeah. the other day um, you have called it a vibrant culture and it's been it's one of the sites of the of the, the generation of the ancient Russian culture as Vladimir would tell us that's the reason for slaughtering everybody around where his culture came from I'm not sure what his nationalistic uh, um, what his logic is there exactly. Yeah, I sense a slight logic flaw going on there. (laughs) There's a logic flaw there. Can you talk about uh, the Ukraine with us just uh, in your encounters with the endangered species there? Can you just talk about Yeah. Well, I've written about how war and conflict and, and, and related activities have affected endangered species over the years. So when this started in Ukraine, a lot of people were writing about the connection between the war and climate. It's funded by oil and gas. It's it's causing all kinds of emissions that are going to further the, the, uh, the climate crisis. But I wanted to pull back a little bit and say, what about the things people aren't paying attention to? So I just started digging through the IUCN Red List, which is the, the International Union for Conservation of Nature, which assesses the, the extinction risk of species around the world. And it's not, it doesn't, it's not totally inclusive. It doesn't include every species out there. But I wanted to see what endangered species live in Ukraine that could potentially be affected by this war. And what I saw was not only a lot of species that are, some of which are wide ranging that live in more than one country, some of which live only in Ukraine, but I saw essentially metaphors for the war itself in these, the reasons these species were endangered. You saw a, a plant at risk from invasive species that are destroying the young. You saw other species that have, have uh, died out because of habitat loss, species that are that are stuck in one kilometer of river that could easily dry out, again, because of climate change, but because you know, one bomb and that, that, those little stretches of river are dry. So- The Churanaya Gudgeon you're talking about. Yes, exactly. So I, I started digging and, and I just found all these really interesting species that I think, as they decline, we're losing a lot of what we, we're losing the culture of the people, the way, the way people interact with, with these species. We're losing the science, we're losing the connectivity, the connectivity with nature. And as, as we lose species, we, we end up with more possibility of more outbreaks and disease because everyone's, everything's pushed closer together and there's less, uh, we end up becoming a monoculture where it could easily wipe out anything, everything at once. So I looked at species like the sandy mole rat, which really living in the Black Sea Biosphere Reserve, it's right in the path of the invading forces. It wouldn't take much for a several thousand pound tank to roll over these little tiny rodents with buck teeth. You can, buck teeth don't do much against tire treads. Um, so it would be really easy to, to wipe these out. And what does that, what does that cost? You know, I, I show a picture of Ukrainian currency with this rodent on it. It's part of their culture. It's part of their mm-hmm. heritage. What do, what do you lose as you lose the art, as you lose the architecture? You lose a lot. Well, the um, the monoculture, it's a phrase we use in the church to stop shopping a lot. 
the uh, the red desert of an Antonioni movie is what we've got all over the United States now. And as the Walmarts die, the richness of of the ecosystems of of which there are several several different ecosystems across the the nation of the Ukraine. Right. There, there are even hills that are mountainous enough for wolves. There's a wolf population. Yes. Can you uh, review some of the ecosystems that the nation has? Well, you've got the mountains, you've got rivers, you've got islands, which are huge reservoirs for biodiversity. The Crimean Peninsula alone, it feels like half these species that I wrote about are on Crimea. You've got, like you said, the breadbasket, the vast fields, a lot of which have been cultivated, but that still provides habitat for birds and, and rodents and small mammals and everything else. You've got forests and you've got cities, which can provide habitat for, for a lar- large number of uh, species if, it, if they're done right. I mean, granted, not while they're being shelled. But um, so it, it's, 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 it's really one of the biggest countries in Europe and Asia, outside of Russia and China, in Europe and in Asia. And it's just got a, a wide range of uh, of features. The 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 impact of war on life forms. Yeah, it must simply be. Can we generalize? It's just the worst thing for the earth. It's terrible that we make. It's terrible. You've got any anything can die from a bullet, but a bomb after it explodes, all these chemicals that cause the explosion in the first place, they're they're in the environment. You've got, like I said, the the, the tank treads ripping up the, the soil. Those early pictures stomping. of uh, those early pictures when back when we were impressed by the tank. Yeah. The tanks of Russia in the first days <laughs> coming across, looking like looking like Rommel, you know, just yeah. coming across. Uh, I was thinking, wow, all the ground nesting birds yeah just the 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 a tank is a relentlessly it's a 20 ton affair and i'm yeah. sure that now that when they try to get into the cities then they're on roads and it looks a little bit safer for the, for the uh and that's why they're so vulnerable at the yeah. very beginning they were coming remember that they were coming across and they looked like old world war ii movies coming through the fields yeah yeah and, you know, on a, on a smaller level, I'm struck when we saw the footage of the, the hospital in Maripol that was bombed, the maternity uh-huh. hospital. It was a nice courtyard full of trees, and those trees were just blackened. And what a, what a gift it must have been to the people in that hospital to have the birds filling those trees yeah. during yeah. times of peace. And those birds aren't going to be back anytime soon. Uh, so you're losing microhabitats, so you're losing big habitats. The refugee crisis alone is huge mm. in its impact to to to, to wildlife. Um, I don't want to blame any refugee running, but you know these are people without access to sanitation, uh-huh. without access to recycling. God forbid they have a, they have to open a can of beans to eat on the on the uh, the, the road. What if they have to? You know, in other countries, we've seen massive increases in 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 hunting to feed themselves when they're running from crisis. Well, now uh, the flames of a bursting shell. Yeah. Doesn't that leave? Is that like a natural gas leak? Is that like a uh, what's that? The flame function that that you see in refineries where they just have a flame yeah. all night long. 
There must it, be there must be bad chemicals going into the oh, air. Oh yeah, the, it's it's incendiary chemicals that that strike in a way so that they burn. So they they spread out, uh-huh. they explode in the first place, but then it leaves chemical residues around. Uh, yeah. So it poisons the environment. You know, lead bullet shatters into a million pieces. A little bits of lead in in the environment. Um, the the pollution around gun ranges is is insane uh, because of that. Ah. Uh, uh. I never thought. Uh, of that. Yeah, and then you've got all the like the Chernobyl. It stirred up all the polluted soil around Chernobyl and caused a, a spike in radiation that could be seen from space. It's not enough to really cause anything to worry about yet, but it could. So, and then there's in in Ukraine they've got a lot of chemical factories and other things like that that are being destroyed and leaking and and uh, so you've got the man-made things that are being that we're containing barely. Than being released by war. Let's have a fantasy that Putin is overthrown and um, placed in in that cage where he had the Siberian tigers that he let out. <laughs> Let's say that Siberian tigers put him back into that cage. I love it. And uh, um, nature really, Chernobyl being a famous example, nature really heals fast. It can, given uh, the time. And we've seen that with the Endangered Species Act in this country. You give, you give species of protection, you start mitigating the threats, it bounces back. And, you and know, that's, so- That's a, we tend to get morose sometimes, environmental activists, for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I see in, in one of your articles um, about the wolverines coming back into to Mount Rainier National Park. Yeah. Um, we saw a wolverine one time in South Dakota. Wow! Uh, while we were on a, you know, just a aimless trip to Standing Rock, and then out across towards the Badlands and Savitri and I, and uh, we looked it up and went and and uh, determined that it wasn't supposed to be there. That that <laughs> that they, you know, the second year male will roam. Yeah, uh, but the comeback, I, I, I just feel like some part of me uh, feels like the the comeback will happen. It's just every day is so. It's been twenty days now, right? Twenty twenty one, yeah. The the every day is so destructive and seem seemingly increasing in the amount of mayhem, exploding bombs, but the um, the Ukrainian people are running a human story that is kind of parallel to some of these comeback stories we have for animals that are endangered, and then we anthropomorphize them, don't we? Right, we do, we do. We we give them we give them human qualities, and so they fit in our stories, big. right? That we yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, you're right. Looking at looking at the human resolution. Um, the the willingness to survive, the the indomitable spirit, um, that comes from somewhere. That comes from nature itself, I think. Yes, it comes from evolution. Yeah, it comes from so, living. Yeah, so we should look at that that resistance, that 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 those those solid spines, as signs of of hope and and success. Hopefully, eventually, we have a. Um... We have a, a, a split happening in the environmental movement. It reminds me of the arguments about nuclear power mm. uh, with the electronic um, automobiles and the dependence on 
lithium. Right. And we had on our, uh, uh, our radio show, we had an interview with uh, Max Wilbert and Will Falk establishing a, a two-person climate camp up in uh, northwestern Nevada, just below the Oregon line, just just north from Burning Man. And uh, there they are. They're sitting on the biggest uh, located lithium supply uh, in the, the lower 48, I believe, and, and the 30,000-acre proposed open pit mine. You probably know more about this than I do. Am I getting some of this right? Uh, yeah, 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 I know some about this. There's another case in Nevada um, where there was a planned lithium mine, and there was a, a plant that only grows in that specific location. And there's been a fight that the Center for Biological Diversity has been engaged in for, the, for a while to try to protect that plant. It's now been proposed for endangered species protection. And you have to balance that out. I mean, yeah, okay, lithium mining is destructive. Um, wind, windmills put in the wrong place can be destructive to birds. So we have to, there, there are things we have to, and if we, you know, massive solar, there's a big plan to put massive solar panel arrays in the desert, which could affect habitat. But is that worse than burning oil? No, but it, it still needs to be done right. And I think that if we if we are conscious of that and we're not fueled continuously by the corporate culture, by the need for profits, if we move if we do things honorably and ethically, we'll be able to make the transition. But yeah, there are going to be some tough choices along the way. Well, Max and Will want to find that snail darter. They want to find that they want to find that that single um, that northern spotted owl. They want to find they, right. they've got a beautiful valley there full of eagles and, you know, just uh, semi arid, I believe, uh, high desert. I guess val valley inspires the green veil, you know, it makes you go in your mind. You go to the wrong place. But it's it's a uh, they had a whole anti-consumerist critique for us. You know, mm -hmm. we could stop shopping. We were delighted. They just had a whole thing. They said, the problem is not uh, switching from one kind of car to another kind of car. The, the problem is um, consumerism. You know, ulti ultimately, we can't drive cars anymore. Ultimately, we're on bicycles and mass transit. Ultimately, we can't, in the United States especially, you know, we, we, we have to make a decision where you know, we, we can't sit in this luxurious bubble of glass and, and, and metal all day long. It, yeah. we, we can't keep it up. So they had this whole, it was, and, and here they were talking to us on iPhones on the side of this mountain overlooking this uh, well. And so that's where Center for Biological Diversity and the, 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 the Earth Church come together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have, we have a, a, a symbiotic um activist appraisal here uh so i'm i'm just uh, grateful to have talked with you today yeah uh coming to the half an hour point and i know that you could have written probably six or seven hundred words by now <laughs> about uh, you know some species it's more endangered endangered than me and uh i have seen the number of times you've gone to jail i i think you're <laughs> at risk well the last time i went to jail was when um uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin, started a tent hospital by bribing various officials in New York and like putting up 14 of these kind of military style uh, tents in Central Park near the Met. 
near 80, 80th Street and Fifth Avenue and in a place called the East Meadow. Suddenly, boom, there's this famous <laughs> homophobe racist running this hospital. And it was like it was April of 2020. You know, it was wow. Just, we were losing a thousand people a day. Yeah. And here was this guy just came in into our tragedy and came into our battle. And we our heads were turned for obvious reasons. So there he is all of a sudden. So we were going to go out there and just do a little uh, little uh, talking heads thing for, uh, uh, you know, with with this tent hospital in the background for social media. And Savitri sees that they're it's kind of unguarded. <laughs> there's, there's sort of a low police fence, uh, but she gives me a rainbow flag and says, just go to the back door of the tent grouping there and plant this in those rocks over there and then walk back. Oh, wow. Of course, I never made it back. You know, I was, <laughs> by, the time I was, by the time I planted that flag, that little gay Iwo Jima flag, you know, I was tackled by all these cops because that I, I think that Graham's uh, uh, billion dollar church was the, the first big church to support Trump in 2016. Yeah, probably. And um, they're friends, you know, and uh, Trump and him. And this is before Trump's fall. I hope he's fallen. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the police were like basically acting like soldiers. Yeah. And I was an enemy combatant. <laughs> and I got tackled and not only put in jail, but my mask was taken from me. It's as if. Let's just sort of accidentally kill this protester. <laughs> That's the feeling I got. Wow. I said, oh, you think they said this is for your own good. I said, I'm going to hang myself with the elastic on, on that mask. You think I'll hang myself in my prison? You'll find me hanged on that little ribbon of that little yeah, half a millimeter wide ribbon of elastic. You're fucking. So I. Uh, uh, well, that can't go on the radio. Fucking <laughs> no, no, you that's, one of, the, that that's one of the seven George Carlin words. So anyway, it's just great to, to meet you in person. I'm so yeah. grateful that you you uh, print my shit. Now we might as well just fall into Carlinville here. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So okay, well, all right. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Thank you. Earthaluya. Earthaluya.